0: This is episode number 68 with Kristen Helms. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back. I am so happy you are joining me today. So if you've ever wondered whether you could make a career as a writer or want to get published in a magazine or online somewhere, then you're really going to love today's interview. Joining us is Kristen Helms, who's the author of two books, her first from Boardroom to Baby that came out in 2018 as well as the author of Grace and Oak Inspiration in Poetry and Photographs which comes out March of 2020. So I invited Kristen on the show to talk to us about what it takes to create a career as a writer. And what I really appreciated about Kristen is how methodical she was after she left the corporate world and realized that she had a book in her that she wanted to share. She focused on building a platform, creating community, really creating a first-class book proposal, and um, getting published in other places to create credibility. She really focused not just on the creative process, but really on the business side as well, which I think is often a, a missing component for a lot of us creatives. Kristen really does share so many great tips in the interview today, as well as resources. So I know you're going to enjoy today's conversation. Let's get into the show. Hey, Kristen, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, we've tried to connect a few times, so it's fun that we're finally sitting down to have this conversation. You have a really interesting background and both as an author and as a um entrepreneur. So I think it's cool, but today we're going to focus on your writing and community building. So I would love it if you could kick it off with just taking us into your story. Um Since you've worn so many different hats, like take us where you think is a good place to start.
1: Great. Yes. So um, I guess I'll start with my past uh, sort of corporate career life um, that I had pre babies. Um, So I uh, did marketing and PR for Hyatt Hotels Mm. um, after I graduated college, and I kind of grew with that position for a while. And when I had my daughter in 2013, I wanted a more flexible schedule. Um, And so I kind of, I left the corporate world to stay home with her and I became a stay-at-home mom. Mm. Um, And during that transition is when I first had the idea for my first book, uh, From Boardroom to Baby, Mm. um, because I just thought that transition was, a lot harder than I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you're going from like a high paced corporate position mm-hmm. to you're at home with a tiny newborn, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a change of pace. And, you know, you question your self-worth and, mm-hmm. you know, what am I doing? Um, so things like that. Of course, I was so grateful to be able to stay home with her, um, but also all these feelings that I had to acknowledge. Um, so I started an innocent little mommy blog um, mm-hmm. called Mommy Project San Diego And I just sort of started writing about early motherhood, um, kind of the fun stuff, like, you know, what should you pack in your diaper bag? (laughs) And then also, (laughs) you know, some of the more um, bigger topics, like, you know, acknowledging that the transition from the boardroom to the baby life was difficult and the stay-at-home mom life and things like that. So um, I did that for about a year. And then um, I launched a bigger publication online called tribe magazine. Mm. And I actually launched that with my two sisters to start. Um, and it was a women's online magazine Mm. that really just took off and grew. Um, and it started just with lots of different topics that women would be interested in anywhere from like fashion and home decor to motherhood to recipes. You know, we really just did a whole bunch of things. Mm. Um, and then, you know, as the evol- our evolution continues, um, my sisters actually decided to go back to nursing school, both of them. Mm. Um, and so they kind of said, you know, we can't do tribe anymore. And I thought I really, you know, thought about like, well, where did what did I want to do with tribe? And again, my heart was always in kind of like the motherhood corner of that site. Mm-hmm. So I transferred tribe into a site for moms. Hmm. And, um, I knew that I couldn't do all the content for it by myself anymore. So I opened up the doors to contributors. Um, and that was such a great, looking back, that was just such a great decision because I met so many great writers and moms and we really built, built a community for moms on that site. Hmm. Um, so I would publish, um, probably about 10 articles a week from different writers, mm. myself included, yeah. um, about all different topics in motherhood. Um, and we really just got into everything. And I really liked like the heartfelt stuff, like the pull on your heartstrings type of stories and yeah. like the pers- personal essays and things like that. Um, and it became just such a great community. And I thought from there, I thought, well, why don't we bring this community into real life, you know, into um, group like a group that we could meet once a month, mm. Um and actually, you know, get together face to face. A lot of the writers obviously weren't from San Diego where I'm from. Um, but we, I built a, it's called mom tribe, San Diego. Mm. And so I started connecting with moms locally. And so that was kind of like the spin-off networking group of tribe magazine. Wow. So, um, so that was kind of, you know, my, my job, you know, my job that I was doing. Um, meanwhile, Um, When I had Tri Magazine, I was also putting together a book proposal for From Boardroom to Baby.
0: Okay. Um, So that was always a part of the plan while you were developing this.
1: Exactly. Okay. So I knew, um, yeah, and I'll, I guess I should kind of back up and talk about that. So you know, the reason I wanted to start a mommy blog and I wanted to start Try Magazine and things like this is um, because I really wanted to write this book from Boredom mm-hmm. to baby, and I had done a bunch of research about writing a nonfiction book and publishers. I knew I wanted I wanted to go with a traditional publisher and hopefully an agent. Um, they really wanted you to come to them and pitch them. All, you know, a great book proposal, but also they wanted to see that you had a great community mm. and that you were involved in a bunch of different things and that you could sell books basically, right? Yeah. Cause you had this kind of community and network. So that was, you know, that was kind of like the leading force behind everything I was doing. Um, you know, really, really pushing Tri Magazine, really building a local community. Um, I also would submit my articles to bigger publications, mm. um, just trying to get my name out there in many different ways.
0: And how many women did you have as part of your Tribe magazine?
1: So Tribe magazine, um, we had hundreds of thousands of readers worldwide. You did. Uh, how long did it yeah. take to build that? It was, you know, well, we were lucky because we had a bunch of essays on the site go viral. Mm. Um, and, you know, I I attribute a lot of that to Pinterest, actually. Okay. Um so that was Pinterest was a huge that was our number 1 traffic generator. Wow. Um followed by Facebook. So um we you know I just think the more writers I got involved in the site and the more like really heartfelt personal stories about motherhood that we were sharing, mm-hmm. I mean moms just loved that and they really grasped onto that.
0: That's amazing and were you looking to get People to sign up? Like, were you asking them to join the community? How did you actually track how many people were coming to the site?
1: Um, so just through the back end, um, it was, you know, we created the magazine on a WordPress site. Mm. And so I was just looking at all the statistics um, that way. And then, you know, we also had like a newsletter that, you know, people could sign up for to stay informed of like as soon as we posted an article. Um but I think it also helped, you know, building that community that, you know, not only was Tri Magazine sharing the articles uh, on our own channels, the writers who were coming in were sharing their articles to their own networks. Mm. Um, so, you know, you had this great um, kind of organic growth, yeah. you know, that comes with involving a lot of different really talented writers. So,
0: so from inception to hundreds of thousands of women, you know, coming to the site to read these articles, how many, how many years did that take?
1: Let's see. So we launched Tribe 2016. So that was a good two years. Um, it was a good two years to get to that final point, I'd say. that's. I'd say that's
0: pretty impressive. I mean, two years to get hundreds of thousands of women coming and were you making money from it or was that never the intention?
1: You know, it was never the main focus again, kind of my main focus was like, you know, let's build this community so I could, you know, well, well first of all, I really wanted to connect with other moms and these stories we were telling were so important. Mm. Um, and secondly, I really wanted to write this book. Um, mm. so everything I was doing was kind of like for the greater good of, you know, writing this book, connecting with the community, um, and sharing these amazing, amazing stories. Um, but I think that, um, and I'm sorry, what was the question
0: that you just Well, asked? I was wondering if you made yeah. money. Cause part of what I was Whole thinking money. of oh, is right. when you yeah. leave a corporate job, you know, like I did, you know, when you're making yes. six figures and you have a really nice lifestyle, you feel, it feels good to make money for your Absolutely. talent and your knowledge. And then to choose to be home, which I also did with my daughter. And then mm-hmm. to have the reward of that is amazing. But if there's a part of you that is really set, has a career path, like a very career oriented mind, which I do. Um, there's a part of you that feels like it's been put in a closet or something that it's been tucked away and wants to have a voice again. And also that satisfaction of making money. And, uh, I think it was on salary.com. They said, if, if women got paid, stay at home, moms got paid to do what, they do with the amount of hours they put in it would absolutely be a six figure job but we don't yes, we get absolutely. paid in love which is priceless right. I don't, you know we're neither right. of us are going to say there's anything wrong with that but for those women that are listening who can relate that say oh my goodness i really need something for me so i'm just curious if yes. part of that was so. also hoping to make some money doing what you were absolutely. doing cuz that's a lot of time that you put in to build it in 2 years to hundreds of thousands of women even if it was a collective effort with other women so
1: Absolutely. So we, so the site was making money. It wasn't anything compared to what I was making in my corporate job. Um, but we had ad networks set up. Uh So, you you know, we used media vine on tribe magazine, which is, which is a certain ad network. And then we'd Mm -hmm. also do sponsored posts. Um, so companies would come to us, you know, and, and somehow we try to tie in like a great essay with a, with a certain product or something like that. So I, I thought of creative ways of how to make money along the way um were you incorporated
0: again, because you had other women now so this is an actual business endeavor here right i mean it wasn't a, just a mommy blog that you were doing by yourself correct. or even with siblings which you know now you had outside contributors so how did you figure out how to structure
1: all of that so right so i actually did pay all of my writers um so that was important to me as a writer myself because um a lot of the writing that i did for other big sites you know, some I would get paid for and some I wouldn't, and it was all, always nice to get paid for your time and effort. Right. Absolutely. And so I thought, you know, even if I could just pay these writers, I mean, I wasn't paying them a ton. Um, but even if I could just, you know, pay them a little bit for their time and effort and to make them feel like, you know, they're bringing home money for, for, you know, they're spilling their heart on paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the least I could do. right? Um, so, you know, when you really look at the books of it, you know, we were making some money, but I was, was also paying these writers. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not netting a lot in this situation. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But your, so, your
0: gain uh, was to get the following for the book anyway. I, so you had a bigger picture
1: plan in place. Absolutely. And it, I, I 100% think that Tri Magazine helped me get a book deal for sure. Mm. Um, and that was kind of the, the goal And, and along the way, you know, it just so happened along the way. I loved running tribe magazine and I loved connecting with these moms. So it wasn't like, oh, I have to do this to get to this point. It was like, wow, I get to do this (laughs) to get to my end goal. Right. Um, That was really special. Yeah.
0: That's great. And so tell us about the mindset, though. So I think a lot of people do have the dream of writing a book. Mm-hmm. Um, You were very methodical about it, though. You knew that community would be important. Was that just part of your research in terms of, you know, knowing that you wanted to go the traditional route and have the publisher and the agent, um, you know, T- tell us about how that thought process worked Cause I think a lot of people have the book and maybe just want to go pitch it. So what advice would you give right. around that? Especially so the first one was nonprofit. We'll get into your second book, which is a totally different area, which is yes. what makes this sort of exciting to delve into. But what was the thought process
1: like Kristen? Um, well, I think that, you know, I, I just knew, you know, if I wanted to go the self-publishing route, I probably could have just written the book and publish it immediately, you Mm -hmm. know, because I mean, actually, I I don't know if I can even say that though, because you still, even if you're self-publishing, you need a network to sell the book to and to get excited about and, and to help you spread the word and things like that. So actually I take that back. I probably, you know, after doing research, if I wanted to go that way, would still have to like build a community Mm -hmm. and really put myself out there and things like that. So, um, you know, for me, and, and I wanted to, to get atten- get agent's attention and publisher's attention. So I did start submitting my writing to bigger sites, which I think is another factor that really helped me get a book deal. Mm-hmm. Um, So it, I made it one of my top goals. I remember, I think it was in 2017. I was like, I'm going to get published in the Huffington Post this year. Mm-hmm. I just, I really wanted, I just thought that if I could get published in the Huffington Post, you know, that could make, that would make me feel like a legit writer mm-hmm. <laughs> a, and be, you know, give me a little bit of clout that, you know, my writing could make it onto such a big platform. And um, they had a really wonderful parenting um, column there. And so, and they still do. So anyways, it, and it happened and uh, Ariana Huffington, you know, she replied back and accepted the piece. Mm-hmm. And did you reach um, out
0: directly to her?
1: I did. And I yeah. know it's changed. So Huffington Post has changed Yeah. Since yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you're familiar. Um, because now I think, is it more of you submit? I, I don't know how it works now, actually. I, um, I've i never submitted
0: to them. I know that she gives her email out <laughs> on podcasts, yes. So like I have her email, I've never written yes. to her. Um, but, uh, she, what she would say to people, and I think she's just very action oriented and would like, respond like my husband was at a conference where she spoke and he followed up with her about something she's like my darling Steve here's, oh. <laughs> you know like I don't know she's like I'm glad you like the thing you know here's my assistant or something reach out to her you should submit it was just interesting this was like a year or so ago too um uh, yeah
1: she's so, very open about it yeah, yeah she
0: seems very open so anyway
1: um Yes. Yes. So exactly. So it was kind of this. I remember I still remember waking up one morning and I had checked my email. and I was like, oh, my gosh, Ariana Huffington wrote me back. I mean, it was pretty much like a form response. But yeah. it was like, you know, you've been accepted. This piece has been accepted. That's blah, blah, awesome. blah. That's yeah, amazing. Because so, well,
0: now with Thrive, I feel like I don't know. I think Huffington is didn't get acquired. I think she is she no longer running that.
1: You know, I haven't heard the latest. It, oh, her Thrive, you're saying? Well, I'm uh, saying she's Thrive yeah. is
0: her main thing. But oh, anyway. her main
1: thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I think having to post the you know how to submit to them and everything has changed That's since what 2017. I think, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different. And I know she is focused really on Thrive. So um yeah, it's interesting. But but anyway, so I you know, I just thought, you know. Okay, so I was submitting things to larger publications and obviously getting um, accepted in some, rejected in some. Mm-hmm. That's all part of the game, <laughs> rejection along the way, obviously. Um, and so I really, at the end of it, you know, with Tri Magazine and all these um, different publications I had written for, I really had a really good book proposal mm-hmm. to send out to agents.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to stop you there. So okay. two things. One is in terms of, and only because I want to help clarify with the women listening who want to follow in a similar path. So yeah. for the submission of the articles how many did you submit <laughs> oh my per gosh. how many just in case cuz i think it's helpful for women to realize for it's sure. not like oh yeah i wrote huffington post and i got that and then i got oh, this right. there's a lot of tell us a little bit more on the rejection side like
1: sure so just an exa- example for huffington post yeah. i had submitted 10 essays yeah. um over months and months and um only and one of those got accepted okay um so that's just huffington post and i think i got lucky with that i mean I don't want to call it luck, but you no, know, I'm sure it was it, a
0: beautiful not. article. I'm sure there was it meant was meant to be there. So yeah,
1: no, it, and it was it it was nice. You know, that they accepted it obviously, but so and for all the writers listening, um, I use Submittable to submit articles now to a bunch of different publications. I still use that platform. Um, they post a lot of different opportunities in different categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was funny though, the other day I logged into my submittable account and I was just scrolling through cause it, you have logged everything you've submitted to different publications mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And, um, it'll say rejected or accepted or in progress. Um, so you can keep track of everything. And there were so many rejections. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, look at all these rejections. Like, I just kept scrolling kept scrolling, like rejection, rejection, rejection. And, you know, and then every now and then, you know, and accept it and accept, you know, but, oh my gosh, so much rejection. I I can't even tell you a number. There's, there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what is it? Submittable.com? Submittable.com. Yeah. I I highly recommend that to writers. Yeah.
0: I'll post that in the show notes too. And then in terms of the agent's And, you know, so again, in terms of process, so you did your homework, you figured out how to do the book proposal. How did you figure out who you wanted to pitch to and how many different pitches did you do before it was accepted?
1: So I, it's funny. I just, so I did a, a Google search, um, about literary agents who are interested in parenting books. Mm. Um, and I, wrote down a few. I think I I found like five that I really wanted to pitch, five agents. Mm-hmm. Um and so, and and when you're Googling agents and things, you can on their web pages, they usually list exactly what they're looking for. Mm. Um so and and that'll change from month to month maybe. You know, maybe yep. a literary agent is looking for a parenting book now, but next month she's looking for a different nonfiction or whatever. So okay. it's so good to check their websites and see what exactly they're looking for in that moment. Um, and so I found, um, so I, I submitted my book proposal to my top five agents who I thought really fit the project. Mm. Um, and I, I remember I got one rejection letter back almost immediately and I was like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and then three days later I got a phone call from my now literary agent, Jill Marshall. Mm. And she said, you know, I loved your book proposal. I really believe in this project. Mm. I want to rep- I want to represent you. What and a great I was
0: feeling. Uh, oh my goodness.
1: Was, I remember I was driving when I got the phone call and I, I pulled over to the side of the road just to be I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Jill and Marcel. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and she accepted me and it was like we were off to the races. So oh. that was, I mean so it was three days when after I submitted my book proposal. And that is not normal. <laughs> like I don't want people to think, you know, I I know writers who have submitted to so many different agents over years and years, but I really think that I did the hard work before submitting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the key here is to prepare, like over-prepare. Okay. You know. Over- so
0: what are some prepare. of the things you did? You built a huge community. So that, first of all, because I went to a writer's conference last year in San Diego, actually, and one of the agents was saying that. She's like, you know, having social proof that there's already an audience is... So important these days. I mean, it's obviously different than before all of this stuff was a big deal, right? I'm sure writers of 20 years ago, it was not an issue, but
1: exactly,
0: now exactly. it is. So you did that. And what else? What else? Like, how did you figure out how to do the book proposal? What did you use for resources? Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. So um, it's important that I mention this too about the book proposal. I enrolled, and I think it was like a six week online class mm. um, about how to write the best book proposal. Mm. Um, and I did that through creative nonfiction.com mm. or it might be creative nonfiction.org. Okay. I'll find it it, and list it. It's creative nonfiction. Yeah. Um, and I was in a wonderful class where they walked you through all the different components of a nonfiction book proposal Mm -hmm. and how to put it all together because I was, I, I just had no idea, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like kind of deer in the headlights, you know, how, how do I even put this all on paper? Um, and so I highly recommend that class to anyone who really wants to put together like a stellar book proposal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I came out the other side of that with a really great book proposal and Mm -hmm. during the, in that book proposal. So for nonfiction, you usually have to have about three chapters written of the book. Yeah. uh, Plus a book outline. So each, you know, each chapter needs to be outlined. You have to have basically the bones of the book. Yeah. Structure. Um, so I had that, I had my three chapters and then I had the proposal itself, which is really like a business plan for the book. Um, so that was actually familiar to me coming from a corporate marketing mm-hmm. background. I was, I was like, just oh, thinking like, that it's like a business plan. Yeah, yeah exactly. completely.
0: Cause my background's in marketing too. I'm like, Oh yeah, you this know, is like, that- yeah
1: exactly so exactly yeah. so if you kind of have the skills for that already and mm-hmm. and if you don't if you don't have a marketing background I, again i highly recommend that course mm-hmm. uh, through creative nonfiction i just i just found that so helpful
0: thank you i think resources are helpful but really what i'm hearing you say with all of this is that you have the desire you right. were very methodical. You didn't just rush into it and you set yourself up as best you could. So you knew that you were giving it your best effort when you went forward. That absolutely. you knew that you did absolutely everything that you could. And I think that's helpful um, because I think as a creative, it's very easy to the, the creating is the joy. <laughs> and absolutely. so, right. And so this part, the business sides can be you know, not as exciting or something that, you know, you maybe want to spend the time on, but I'm hearing from you that it's, it's really important.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a pain, especially when you want like instant gratification, right? Like you just want to write the book or, you know, publish it or whatever. But it's like, I, if you just, you know, first like take the time to really prepare and cause you only, you can only pitch it once to everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like you can pitch it and then a couple months later pitch it again. I mean, you can obviously tweak it and try to keep making it better, but you know, if you just start off with a really great product mm-hmm. and then and then come you know come across strong and pitching it, then I, I think you'll really find success that way.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, so now I'm curious though. So. Ha- Did you identify as being a writer? Were you always a writer? You know, because you started out in corporate. You came, you you decided to come home and, I mean, stay home, come home. (laughs) You you decided to come on home. You decided to be at home with your daughter. It was a conscious choice. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to do that because some women don't have that opportunity. So it's definitely a blessing. Um, I felt very blessed to be able to do that, too. Um, But then, you know, you had this book idea. I mean, were you identifying as being a writer? Has this been a part of your life, um, for a long time or just, was this something that kind of came to you later in life?
1: Absolutely. Um, I've, so I've always been a writer, um, since I was very, very young. I even, um, I, have sort of told this story on my Instagram a couple of times, but I specifically remember my fifth grade teacher sitting me down one day after I turned in a report and said, one day you're going to become an author. And I remember his words just stuck with me throughout my whole life because I I really wanted to become an author. That's always been a life goal. Um, Can I just
0: give credit to that teacher? Because, you know, I think so many of us have memories even back as far as fifth grade where you were not being encouraged, or right, you, somebody exactly. told you did your art wasn't as good as it should be, or whatever. So, and kudos a, to that teacher nice. to see the gift in you and then also to share it. Like I just got goosebumps when you said that. So, oh my
1: gosh, I, I know. And Mr. Skates, Sacramento, yes, Cal. Okay, um, shout out to um, Mr. Skates. He, yeah. And I, I've actually, it's funny. I've tried to find him. I can't find him on social media anywhere. But I wanted to actually reach out and thank him. Um, because really that sort of, that he gave me a lot of confidence. You. Yeah.
0: That's such a beautiful gift he gave you. I love oh, yeah. that. So you've written, obviously you were a good writer back then too, then for him to, yeah, t- I to mean, see that.
1: I, I guess as good as a fifth grader can be. <laughs> um, but, but he really gave me the confidence mm. and, you know, all through high school, I, I always wrote, I never shared anything or, you know. I didn't write publicly, but mm-hmm. I have notebooks and notebooks mm-hmm. of, uh, my writing and poetry and all the way to college. And I, I even, when I got to college, I remember thinking like, okay, am I going to go down like the journalism path or, you know, creative writing or, or, you know, what i going to do, what am I going to choose here? Cause I, I really did want writing to be a part of it. Mm. And I landed in um a communication degree at San Diego State mm-hmm. University because it was more um versatile, you know, versatile. Yeah, to, sure. and I and I thought it'd be more lucrative to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. you know, you always, sure. you know, writers, it's not it's very known well known. In fact, unless you're like a New York Times bestselling author, like, you know, mm-hmm. every book you write, you're not making a ton of money. Um mm-hmm. So that was important to me to like support myself and, you know, make a career. So I did go the communication route and, and the marketing route eventually, but I never stopped writing throughout all of that.
0: Wow. I love that. And so where did the poetry come into play? So your latest book is called Grace and Oak. It comes out in March. So how did that seed get planted? How did this come to be?
1: So I, I've always written poetry. I, I I joke that I was like a closet poetry writer <laughs> because no one, everyone looks at me, they're like, you, you've you been writing poetry, you know, um, and it, it's true. I have all these notebooks just filled with poetry. And I always just thought, you know, I'm not a real poet, but yeah. I like to string words together. And, and it's a lot of like, you know, soul searching type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, well, I'm not a real poet, but I just like to write it. And then I, for some reason, I got the courage to start sharing some of my poems, um, on Instagram Mm. last, last year, maybe a little over a year ago. Um, so fairly recently and, you know, people were kind of like, Oh, this is, you know, people were responding to it in a, in a positive way. And I thought, Mm. Oh, you know, this is maybe, maybe I am a poet or maybe I could be right. Mm. So, um, I started writing more and the idea for Grace and Oak actually came to me because I, I was um, redecorating our living room and I was looking for a coffee table book mm. and I really wanted to find something that I would actually read or, you know, cause a lot of coffee table books, they look really good mm. or whatever, but you never open them up, True. you know, you never sit down and read them. Um, and I, I kept looking and I was like, gosh, they're either really pretty or they're, they're good. Something I would read, but they like, they don't look really great. You know, the cover doesn't look really great. So I don't know. I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for. And it just like mm. hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, well, why don't you just create this book? Um, that's going to be, you know, in my head, I wanted it to be poetry paired with really beautiful photography. Mm. And, um, it just, I, it's so weird how it just ideas hit you like that. Right. Sure. Like and so I always say, like, if I have a new idea, I sit on it for three days because I have a lot of ideas mm-hmm. and a lot of them are very good. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I sat on it for three days. I talked to my husband about it and my husband was very enthusiastic. He's like, oh my gosh, this is your next project. And uh. I was like, I know it might be. And so I just thought about it. And I, on the third day, I was like, yeah, like I got, I was so excited about it. Mm. Um, and so I contacted my literary agent first and I said, um, you know, this is kind of out of left field because I just wrote a nonfiction book for parent parents mm-hmm. or mothers. So this is completely different, but what do you think about this idea? And she was like, I love it. Show me some pages. And I was like, so oh my I gosh. love your
0: agent. sounds like you have a really yeah. great agent. Cause if she's open and says, I love it, she has obviously really good vision for possibilities. So that's be. amazing.
1: And I love her, too, because she really loves projects that have to do with women and supporting women and empowering women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my From Boredom to Baby was about empowering mothers and, you know, helping them through that transition and kind of find their footing and their confidence again in motherhood. Um, Grace and Oak is similar and that it empowers women, but this time it's empowering women who are following their dreams, pursuing their passions, mm-hmm. kind of like striking you know lighting a flame in these in these go-getter women. And so she obviously loved that you know those undertones. and um, I so my best friend um, who lives up in the Bay Area is a really beautiful photographer and I just knew immediately I was like, I gotta bring Meg Stone into this um because a, we've been best friends for a long time. Mm. like I trusted her. Sure. I knew it would be seamless project, you know, to work with her on something like this. And so I remember it was funny. I was, I sent her a quick text message. Like I was loading my kids up for school to drop them off. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send her a quick text message to put this on her radar. Mm-hmm. And I just said something like, you know, would you be interested in doing a book like a coffee table book with me? It's going to be poems and photographs. I was like, let's talk more later. I'll call you after I drop the kids <laughs> off. You know, you know, moms are always double tasking. Yeah. Uh, Or she just wrote back, yes, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Like there was no talking about it. Like Uh, she was on board, you know, and that's why I love Meg. You know, she, we've always supported each other and our creative Mm -hmm. endeavors and things like that. So she was just on board from the beginning. And so we put together sample pages for our literary agent um, and she loved it. And she started shopping it around to publishers. And we got a lot of, re- again, we got a lot of rejection from publishers, um, which mm-hmm. is always part of the and same thing with from born to baby, um, you know, because your agent will shop it around to so many publishers and you're going to get a million rejections. And then you'll, get- but you just need one yes.
0: You just you know? need so one, one yes. No, yes. no let's say um, on that. That's great. You just need one yes. Yes. That's great. Exactly.
1: And so, and that's Meg and I, we would always laugh to it because we can't. It's funny, our literary agent would just forward us the rejections, just kind of like, okay, this one, this one. (laughs) And so we're seeing, too, what all these publishers are saying about our work, like really picking it apart. And uh, But Chris, oh, go ahead, please. So I'm just saying, you know, that builds thick skin. And I think it's important to note that you do need thick skin in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, But also... Yeah,
0: totally. And I didn't mean to drop but also with poetry. Did you do research to see if there was a market for that? Or did you just kind of go with wanting to do it? And your agent was like, great. And so you just went with it because, um, you know, I think poetry is it's such an intimate
1: it form is. of
0: writing. It's I've, I do poetry too, but nothing I've ever shared with anyone. And oh, that's it's,
1: amazing. I, I want to see some of
0: your work. Well, you know, what's so funny, Kristen is when I was thinking of this too, is that a lot of times it would come out during like a breakup or like heartbreak would create oh, poetry oh, for uh-huh. me. So I don't yes. know if you can relate to that, but for me, like writing usually comes out of, um, a sad place. Not always, but it. a lot of it did,
1: totally. especially oh when gosh. I
0: was younger. And so for me, like with the Boston Marathon bombing, it turned into a song. So I've been doing songwriting. Oh,
1: that's amazing. But
0: that's why I'm that's so happy nice. to be talking to you because it's like, yeah. I think there's a lot of us out there that Writing is such an intimate part of our lives, but right. we we don't necessarily, and I've written a nonfiction book, but you know, the truth is I never really marketed it. Um, I think it's, you know, I got a lot of great feedback on it or whatever, but it's like to really own your, your place as a writer and to want to share that vulnerability with others. And I think poetry specifically is so deeply intimate. So I'm just curious if you, you know, what your thoughts are on that. And did you do research or like I said did you just kind of put it out there
1: yeah you know I did so in the book proposal for Grayson Oak because we still we still had to do a book proposal obviously um for the poetry book yeah. poetry photography book um so I did do some re- within that I did do some research about okay like what's out on the market right now mm. um and obviously there's some you know some big names like Cleo Wade, yeah, you know, has a sure. poetry books. Like, so, so she was a big inspiration of like, okay, like there is a market for this, mm. you know. And it's, and I. The other thing is, I wanted the poems to be accessible because yeah. some poetry I feel like you're like, wow, I think this is really amazing, but I don't know what it means, you know. <laughs>
0: uh, totally, you wanted it totally. to be related, right? Because I yeah. feel like with poets. um, Most of the ones that we think of, you know, were like the 1800s or like early 1900s, right? Emily Dickinson, Robert Frost, Edgar Allan Poe, like people, you know, who are still being quoted to this day. But um, I love that I didn't know about Cleo Wade. I saw her on, I think you had posted something she wrote on your Instagram. And so that's how I discovered her. But I was like, oh, this is great to see that. There's a modern telling of, you know, modern representation of poetry now.
1: Absolutely. And I think I was always intimidated by sharing poetry or calling myself a poet um, before this whole endeavor, because I just thought like, oh, you know, I don't write like that. I don't write that really in that way that's, that leaves people like, Oh, I wonder what this means. You know, mm-hmm. like a minors very like you can understand what I'm saying basically. Right. right. Um, and I think that as long as you're making people feel a certain way, mm. um, I think that's poetry. And I, I, I've talked to a lot of different people about this. And if you are evoking emotion in a reader, like that is poetry. So it doesn't have to be something so complicated or you don't have to have a lot of, training, you know, if you are just writing words in a certain order, you know, that makes a difference and makes people feel something they haven't felt before or or think about something they haven't thought about before, then I I really think that you are a poet. Um, And so I kind of, that's what I tell myself, at least. Uh, No, No, you have your book out and it's being represented, of course. No, I know. So it's, um, it's, I kind of had, you know, had to tell myself these things to be like, you know, it's, it's okay. And people, I have gotten such great feedback on it. And obviously we did find an amazing publisher with Dover publications. Nice. Um, I just can't say enough things about our experience with Dover mm. bringing this whole book to life. Um, and oh. they've been so receptive to this project and, and helping us make it exactly how we wanted. Because a lot of publishers, when it gets in their hands, they have, they kind of lead the way in ideas right. and trying to steer it in certain directions. And, Um, Our our editor Fiona, she just has gone to bat to it for us over and over again, and it's exactly how we wanted it to be. So, um, anyways, the whole I'm just so excited to share this book.
0: Yeah, and I'm so excited for you. Now, did you ever take a poetry class? Because you talked about structure. So I like the way you defined poetry—that something that evokes emotion. Mm -hmm. But does it actually follow, like in terms of? you know, if you were to take a poetry course, you know, (laughs) there's so many different kinds of poetry. Does it fall within any of that? Or is it just more very heart-centered poetry?
1: Um, So it's mostly just very heart-centered, soul poetry. Um, There, I do have a couple of haikus in there, um, which is a structured form. Uh, But but mostly it's free verse, which just gives you all the freedom in the world, basically. I love
0: that. And what's your creative process? Like how to create the book? Did you
1: sit down every day? What did
0: that look like?
1: Yes. So, um, so obviously, you know, you're given a deadline when you sign the contract to the publisher. So then it becomes, I, I always get nervous because my writing is very, like, I have to be in the mood, especially with mm-hmm. the poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, great. Now I have a deadline. Now I have to always be in the mood to write <laughs> uh, stuff like this. <laughs> so i you know, music really actually helped get me to a certain place where I could communicate what I wanted to say um, on paper. So I would I would listen to you know a bunch of different playlists I had that like helped me get to the place that I need mm-hmm. to be. Um, and
0: a particular genre of music. I'm just curious what invoked the.
1: Yeah, you know of- what? You know what's funny? Um, I don't I don't think I'm a hipster at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, on Pandora. It's called hipster hipster (laughs) playlist or no no it's called wait I have to think about it I have to think of the right name it's like chill hipster I forget it's it's kind of like soothing music but it like I like the lyrics of the songs a lot they're 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 very like soul focused which that kind of helped me Uh, Mm -hmm. but it's just I my husband makes fun of me he's like you know because I'm not really a hipster at all Um, but anyway so music helped a lot and then yeah it was just it had to become a habit so you know, every day my kids went to school, I sat down at my desk and I was like, you're going to knock out three poems today. Like, you know, it's just, you, you have, you have to set goals and you just have to do it. Wow. And, um, yeah, that's how I just kind of chugged through. And I mean, and then with this book, it was a whole other element because then we had to pair the poems mm-hmm. with the photographs. Totally. Um, so it was like, so, and Meg, she's up in the Bay area. So she's taking like these really beautiful photographs, um, which I can't wait for you guys to see. They're just so gorgeous. I can't wait. And so we would go back and forth. I would send her some of my poems. She would send me some of her photos. So it kind of worked back and forth where sometimes she'd send me photos and I'd think, oh, I have a, I, th- I have a great idea for a poem that would go with this. Or sometimes I would send her poems and she'd be like, okay, I'm going to go shoot my interpretation of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really, it really was a great collaboration that way. And then uh, towards the end, right before the deadline, we actually met in Santa Monica in the middle and we sat down and paired all the poems together and all the photos together. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was really, it was a, it was a kind of crazy day because it it was a lot of work. Um, But it was, we're just so happy with the final product.
0: I love this. So um, I'm realizing, though, so I jumped a little bit, though, because when we were talking about Tribe, you sold that, right? So at some point, you decided to close the door on that. And was it when you decided, when you got your publisher and were working on the book, like it was like, okay, this is the next step. And then the poetry was the next step. I'm just curious about the process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, so yeah, um, so I sold Tribe magazine uh, a little over a year ago, Mm -hmm. and I think I had just... um, I think honestly, I just worn myself out about writing about motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, you kind of get to the point where you're like, I've said everything I need to say, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> uh, and so I just thought, you know, I want this to go on, you know, I want the site to live on, but I just think that, you know, I am going to focus my attention in, other, in another direction. So I did sell the site, um, and the spinoff networking group here in San Diego, um, to some wonderful m- moms here who mm, keep it alive and, awesome. it, and they're growing it still. So that's so great to see that continue on. Um, and then I, I thought my next project was going to be a novel. Mm. Um, so I always wanted to write fiction. Mm-hmm. So, but, and then as I was doing that, I was kind of, you know, putting my little poems out there. And then I, and then I had that kind of overwhelming moment of, Oh no, this needs to be your next project, this poetry book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of have veered off in a different mm-hmm. direction. So, yeah. It's just funny where life takes you and what, because, you know, you can plan all day about your next steps, mm-hmm. but then I just think when inspiration hits you in a certain direction, you have to go with that wave. The muse you know? the muse has called. Exactly. You're, yeah. Exactly
0: you're exactly answering what the I call of the like. muse. That's, I love that. But Absolutely. so I think there are going to be women wondering though, can you make a career out of being a writer? Um, you know, yeah. is that a possibility and is it sustain, like, is it enough of a live, you know, to actually make a living on.
1: Yeah. Um, Yes, definitely. So I think if I um, wanted to make, you know, make more money and like just like a day to day, like have a career out of writing, I think you absolutely can. Um, You, I would say, you know, find some big publications that pay for articles and contributors. Mm -hmm. And I would submit to those you know, as much as possible and you can get full-time positions doing things like that or, or even part-time positions. So there's many different routes you can go. And I know some women who were stay at home moms and then they became editors. Um, so it just depends on kind of what direction in the writing world you want to go. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously you can try to write books and get book deals. Um, you know, it's, and it just depends on the sites you're you're working or you're writing for, and kind of like the book deals you're you're getting it to determine your salary and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's, it 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 it's such a why it varies so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just I guess it, I would really say you know really think about what's your goal. Like, is your goal to make money? Then I would you know really try to get like a full time writing position with a larger site or be like a regular contributor to something. I would really go that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's more just like a part-time thing, then you know maybe you're, you're starting your own website. Maybe you're you know still contributing to other sites, but it's not as full-time. Um, so I, I don't know. It it just depends so much on what you want your end goal to be. Mm.
0: And what's your goal with your writing? How does it? How do you see it as part of your life? Is it something that you see that? you want to make a career out of where you can live on it, or is it just a part of you that needs to be
1: expressed or maybe a
0: combination?
1: Um, I think it's a combination, you know, it's definitely a part of me that needs to be expressed and I only will do projects that I truly, you know, feel passionate about. So I guess to me, if if I'm choosing, you know, making a ton of money or a passion project that I'm going the passion route. Mm. Um, and it's, I'm lucky to be making money in that route. Um, but I think for me, I've realized that I like to write books. Like I I've now that I've gone through this process twice, I, and I'm an author. I just think like I'm an author and I just, I need to think about it now as okay, what's my next book going to be and what's the next project. Um, so like that, that's what really excites me. And that's the direction that I'm heading in. And mm-hmm. I do still want to write that novel that's been on my list to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be my next project after Grace and Oak. But of course, you know, as we all know, things change. And, um, you know, who, who knows if I'll get hit with another kind of inspirational wave in a a different direction. So I guess we'll just see, but I know for sure that I just want to continue writing books.
0: Yeah. I love that. And tell us about the community building. So you know, that obviously is going to be important for you with the release of your latest book, Grace and Oak, right? So um, even though you have a traditional publisher, you still have to do a lot of the marketing yourself. So can you tell us about how you, just some advice about developing community?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think obviously, you know, social media is still so big and um, it's also so difficult with the algorithms and there's so many different factors now and just hoping that people see your work. But um, I think, you know, as long as you're just posting about your journey as a writer and your new projects and really connecting with other writers and other creatives in the space who um, are also going to help spread the word about you. Um, I think that's so important. And just building those really strong relationships um, in the industry. I've met so many wonderful mom writers on Instagram and um, and poetry writers as well. So it's been really great to connect with this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been helpful. And then I also think just, um, you know, again, submitting your work to bigger publications. I always think that's, extremely important whenever you're launching a book as well. So right now I'm submitting a bunch of poems to large poetry publications. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, you'll start seeing a lot of my stuff being published on different sites. And I just think as many different avenues as you can take to reach different people, um, that's really helpful.
0: And so good. And so any resources Uh, you've been, you've listed a couple already, the submittable and, um, what was,
1: oh yeah. no. I oh, think, creative, what was creative the, nonfiction.
0: Yeah, I'm going to write that one down. And then anything else, like in terms of, um, do you go to writers conferences or anything like that? Or how do you, can like any other resources you'd recommend?
1: Um, I haven't gone to any recent um, writers conferences, although I, if any come to town, I'm always wanting to do that. Um, I am looking more into, there are a bunch of local bookshops that they host an open mic night for poets. And so that's kind of my next goal is to start going to some of those and kind of conquering my fear, too, because I really don't like public speaking. But um, I, have, um, I am going to start, you know, trying to read some of my stuff at these open mic nights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, it's important, I think, to um, fam- familiarize yourself with the local community and yeah. and have connections with the local community and then kind of spread outwards, obviously, nationally and, and, and you know, all over the world, if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, But so that's kind of another avenue. But I would always just say, you know, whatever niche you're in, just saturate yourself in that space, Mm -hmm. you know, just really reach out and expand your network. Yeah,
0: that's great advice. And for somebody starting out on social or, you know, want to develop that online presence, whether through a blog or like uh, through something like Facebook or Instagram or even Pinterest, where do you think they need to be? And um you know, you already talked about, I guess, really just sharing about your journey as a way of connecting. Is that what you've found has been the I most I, beneficial?
1: I yeah, definitely. And I think that the more you humanize yourself, I mean, obviously you are human. Um, So if you're just, I just think if you're always just like showing the business side of it, yeah. you know, people won't relate to you on a deeper level. So it's really showing like behind the scenes and being vulnerable and saying, you know, I've been, oh, you know, I keep getting rejected, you know, showing the process of it's not always roses, Mm -hmm. you know, in this industry and you go through the ups and downs, but then sharing your wins. So people root for you and, um, and also, you know, lifting each other up. That's Mm -hmm. really important to me is, um, and if you follow me on Instagram, you know, that I really feel passionate about sharing other writers work, Mm -hmm. sharing other writers wins, um, I just think if we lift each other up, mm-hmm. then we're all helping each other grow and there's room for everyone. And, um, you know, I just really love, love connecting and, and helping support other women on a similar path.
0: Beautifully said and hundred percent agree with you and live from that place. So I love yes, that. I um, know
1: you're, you're a perfect example of that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, um,
0: that's why it's such a honor for me to be able to share, you know, Stories like yours with other women, and I think that the audience, like I always think, like people say, "Oh, you have such fascinating guests." I'm like, if I met the women who are listening, I know that their stories would be fascinating too, because we all have a story to tell. Everyone does. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, And so, to the degree somebody hears this though and goes, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna have the courage to put myself out there too." It's okay. I I need to do this. Um. Okay. So, Kristen, how do you define success?
1: I define success. I think if, if you can work on something that you're passionate about every day, mm. even if it's not your full-time job, um, if you can just find, like, if you can take an hour every day, um, and just work on something that you're truly passionate about. So if you, you know work a nine to five and then you come home and, and you write poetry for an hour or whatever your thing is, um, then that to me is success because, you know, you you have to feed that that you have inside of you. Well, you know, whatever kind of lights your soul on fire. So I really believe in that.
0: And do you have a morning routine that fosters your success, or evening? Do you do you have any habits that help you?
1: Um, you know, I, it's so funny. I'm not a morning person at all, but I am a night owl. Um, <laughs> So, uh, coffee in the morning is helpful for me. Uh, but, um, in the evenings I, I have to write. So I write every single day. And even if it's one sentence, like if I can form like a really great sentence, like then, then I'm like, okay, that's enough. And, and obviously some, some nights I'm writing chapters and, you know, a lot more. Um, but if I can just write every single day, that just keeps me going and it, ha- and it forms a habit. Um, so I think just showing up, you know, to do the work, even if it's, it's not a lot or even if it feels not great. Mm. Um, I think that's super important.
0: Love it. Uh, what advice do you think your 80 year old self would give you about living a good life? What do you think she'd tell you?
1: Oh gosh, I think she'd probably say, um, take chances on yourself. Um, you know, I just think a lot of my dreams of like becoming a published author would have never come to fruition if I didn't take a chance on myself mm-hmm. um, and I didn't find the courage to just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely take chance on yourself. Um, I'd say also channel grace through every circumstance. Um, you know, I had a, I had a really great mentor in when I worked in the corporate world and um, she she gave me this quote. That's one of my favorite quotes, but it's, it says uh, grace. It's how you accept winning and losing the darkness and the light. Mm. So, you know, there's going to be dark times. There's going to be light times. You're going to be winning. You're going to be losing. But if you can just channel grace through that, through all of it, um, you know, then you're going to have a great life. Beautiful.
0: And can you leave the woman listening with your three best tips for living a good life?
1: Um, I would say, you know, be kind. I, I always think, you know, whether you're a billionaire, you know, making so much money or you're just barely getting by, um, you know, if you are just exude kindness mm-hmm. to the world or to other people in the world around you, you know, the universe is going to show that back to you. And I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I always try to live by. And then also just um, and we t- talked about this, too, like lifting the women up around you, mm-hmm. um, because you know, when we lift each other up, we all rise. And so really just, you know, not obviously focusing on lifting yourself up and, and doing things for your own success, but really looking around and and thinking, you know, how can I lift up the women around me and, and really build this community around me and, and, and keep, you know, on the road to success. And, um, and I think, um, also just you know if if there's something inside of you that that's speaking to you you know for me like this poetry book which was completely not on my list of things to do but mm-hmm. if there's something that's just calling to you and and you you really think about it and it just that that idea doesn't go away like i really feel that that's your purpose mm-hmm. and something that you need to tune into and explore and just you know always listen to your gut feelings um and and things that That lights you up because you can't go wrong.
0: Love that. Thank you. And where can people learn more about you and your books, Kristen? Where can I direct them?
1: Yes. So you can. um, So my website is KristenHelms.com. And um, Grace and Oak is up for pre order now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble um indiebound.com so um wherever you buy books you can pre order it there and we um my publisher dover publications they're actually running a special now that if you pre order it through february you also get three free printables um that you can frame and they're poems um with photos that poems that i wrote with meg's photos that you can frame and they're just like inspirational to put on your desk or Yeah, wherever you'd like.
0: Congrats. I'm so excited for you. And I can't wait to to get a copy of the book. I'm so excited. I will go right now and pre-order my copy. Oh my um, gosh. I wish you so much success, and hopefully, you'll come back on when you've written your novel. We'll cut. We'll do a part yes. two. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would love
1: that, Michelle. Thank you so much. It's, you're so lovely to talk to, and I just I love following you on Instagram too. And you're just doing such great work of bringing all these stories to life. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, such a pleasure to have you, and such an honor. Thanks, Kristen.
1: All right, thanks, Michelle.
0: For those of you out there who want to become a writer, a published author, uh, have work that you want to put out in the world, I really hope that today's conversation was useful for you. All of the show notes can be found over at thegoodlifecoach.com and all of the resources that Kristen mentioned will be there as well. I personally was really inspired by her story and loved what she shared. So if you know of someone else who would find today's information useful, please take a second to forward the conversation. Now, if you've yet to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on your favorite podcast player. Just hit the subscribe button. And if you're feeling extra generous, please take a second to rate and review the show. It means so much to me. I read all of the reviews and it helps me know what's resonating with you. And it actually helps other women find the podcast, which is really my intention for 2020 to provide as much inspiration and actionable tips and show what's possible for any of you out there who has a dream in your heart that you want to make a reality. So thank you as always for tuning in. I so appreciate your time and I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.